Welcome to another edition of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. I am your co-host, Rusty Buckets, and I am back, baby. I am here, ready to do this episode with my co-host, colleague, the infamous Drew Gann, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Man, I am fired up to be here tonight. What is up, Uncle Buck? Uh, shoot. Uncle Buck. You Uncle Buck. <laughs> yeah, you got me sideways. This big Listen, intro. No, your kids yeah. call me Uncle Buckets all the time, yeah. so you just got tripped up. That's yeah, what it is. That's I didn't finish the word. I caught myself before I finished the word. Man, it is good to hear that intro. I have... Uh, I've been missing my big intros from my from my co-host lately. So <laughs> Listen, we are here, despite the circumstances surrounding the Memphis Grizzlies, mm-hmm. we're here to have a good time, and we're going to do that regardless of what the, the roster looks like, what the schedule looks like, the outcomes are. We're here one night a week to give yep. you a fun time. And Listen. so we can we can sulk in our recliners. This recliner is my <laughs> sulk chair this last Mine's week. right here. <laughs> That has been my sulking chair for yep. the last four days. Yep. Uh, but while I'm in this podcast chair right now, we got an hour a week where we're nothing but positive and happy to be here. Listen, so, we're going to take a quick moment of silence. So this is the only sulking and sadness we're going to do. We're going to do a quick moment of silence for the Memphis Grizzlies and their roster this year. You know, Drew, real quick moment of silence. And we're back. So this is shades of like 2015, 16 when we played like 28 players, right? Like it's going to be another one of those oh, years, but we'll – Listen, we'll get to all that here in a few yeah. minutes. I, I agree. This is my sulking chair, and I have to watch it on my laptop because, you know, the kind lady who's renting me this house here in Martin, Tennessee on Elm Street has YouTube TV for me, but she, it doesn't carry. It's a nope. bare minimum package. So, Missy, if you're listening nope. to this, like, I appreciate it, but we need Valley Sports. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, you can get that. You can subscribe to it on the Valley app, or Fubo TV is now the streaming, pa- streaming service that you can get Valley on. Or... You can use your dad's direct TV login, which is what I do stream and I'll watch it on my laptop sitting in my sulking chair right here. So I ain't missing uh, no Grizz games and I ain't paying for Valley sports. (laughs) So before we get into it, we start our podcast every single week with our best and beef of the week. This is rarely ever sports related. This is this is Drew Gann and Rusty Witten talking about what has bugged us this week and the best thing that's happened this week. So uh, I will start because my best of the week is obvious i'm wearing it as you can see (laughs) on my chest here is a brand new two buck sports podcast t-shirt this shirt was given to me as a christmas present from my co-host rusty witten and rusty witten only (laughs) and uh my wife got one i got one and rusty got one and And so yeah because rusty of course he was going to buy me a christmas present he was going to buy him one too so and I've uh, got an extra small that my nephews are now fighting over. So there yeah. you go. So uh, yeah, I uh, could not be more stoked to have uh, a piece of merchandise with my face on it that I can wear around <laughs> in public, and people think that I'm the single most conceited person in the world. But <laughs> but whatever you got to do to boost your brand, to boost your product, to boost this podcast, I will do it humbly. Absolutely. And so listen, guys, if y'all are listening to Spotify or Apple, pause right now. Here's your moment. Go to YouTube, look at our ugly mugs, see this shirt that Drew is wearing. If you want one, DM me on Instagram. DM the podcast at the number two Buck Sports Podcast. DM us on Twitter at the number two Buck Sports Podcast. We'll be more than happy to get you a t-shirt. If we can get a large order together, we can get it in bulk and the masses can get what they want. Drew, I've had many requests for t-shirts, hats, stickers. We're going to start with t-shirts and see where it goes. Yeah, and uh, like I said... 
we uh we've got some big news coming down the pike. I know that we're going to just continue to get more uh more listeners, more people interested in this podcast. And yeah. this shirt with this logo is a way to set the day ones apart right. from from the bandwagoners that are yeah. undoubtedly going to come. Right. And so uh, let Rusty know. Rusty and I both are logged into the into the Twitter account. Uh, send us a message on Instagram, Twitter. We will get that together. We will be in contact with you, and we will make Facebook. That work. Text us if you've got our number. If you want to be an OG fan, right? The the day ones out there, the cousin Kirks, you know, the the Jones brothers, the 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 Kalos, Aaron the Katie's, Aaron yeah. Ivy, like the the League of Avengers. If y'all are out there and you want to be an OG, like the original, like this is going to be Drew. One day, this is going to be like the Vancouver Grizzlies, right? Like this is yeah. going to be a logo that you want to wear. In 20 years, we're going to bring this back, and it's going Absolutely. to be worth 10 times what it is Listen, right now. <laughs> it ain't going nowhere anytime soon. We talked about that, but. Yeah. If either way, it's going to be the original logo of the two bucks sports podcast. And so if y'all want a piece of that, let us know. We can make that happen. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that's my best of the week. My bucks best of the week is this beautiful gray t-shirt with mine and Rusty's face on it. Um, and just a quick, if you want to have Rusty's face left off of it, also (laughs) let us know that in the message. Uh, so the price will be more expensive. <laughs> it will. But if you keep my shirt on there, it doubles as a scarecrow for your vegetable gardens yeah. this spring. It'll keep all the bugs and unwanted critters out of there. That's for yeah, sure. So, Rusty, best thing that happened to you this week. Go. Best thing that happened to me, Drew, I love music. I'm a music guy. I always have Spotify going. I send you songs a lot. I, uh, I had a friend recommend to me that I take this year and I've been doing this and this has been really, really good for me. So I might have two like kind of cohabitating best right here because right. I can do that. It's our podcast. So I'm always listening to music and, 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 and a friend of mine, she recommended that I would every day pick a song of the day and create a, a Spotify playlist with it. And so I've been doing that every day. I listen to music while I'm walking to work, while I'm at the gym, getting ready. Like I always have Spotify playing. And when I hear a song that speaks to me that day, I add it to my playlist. Yeah, that's a good idea. I thought it was a great idea. And it's going to be cool to see how that evolves, right? Because there's been a certain... <laughs> It's going to be weird when you get to like October and you try to add the same Need to Breathe song right. to the playlist. <laughs> we've already got the Caves album on there, right? So yeah. we're growing from there. No. Right. Um, but it, it's going to be cool to watch it evolve from the because the genre I've been listening to for the last couple of weeks is going to be a lot different than what I'm listening to in March and August. <laughs> Lord, and I September. hope so. Oh yeah, same. <laughs> um, but anyhow, so that's like beef one or uh, best one A is this this playlist. It's, it's evolving. It's already got some great songs on there. If y'all want to know, what's got to share it out. I mm-hmm. will. Let me know. I'll post it. I'll post it. Um, actually, you know, I'll go ahead and tweet it out and I'll put it on our Instagram so our follow, our faithful followers can listen to it. My 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 best one B is I needed a creative, productive habit, right? All and right. so I just got the urge. When I was in middle school, I was in a band. Little, uh, little, I little, didn't know that. Little buckets of knowledge out there. I yeah. played the tuba for a little while. I actually course so because there was no one bigger than you to no one could carry the tuba physically what's annoying is i made the band on the snare drum and i was fired up oh yeah i get there and miss peterson if you're listening you're my beef of the week (laughs) i remember um she said you know what we need a tuba player and i'm like not my problem you can carry a tuba (laughs) not my problem anyway so i ended up playing the tuba in middle school but that's neither here nor there so i've got some music talent i also had a guitar when i was in middle school and i was self-taught for a little bit and was playing Mm -hmm. a snot out of it well, I decided this past weekend that I'm going to get back into playing the guitar. And so I told my Aunt Tina, who works at Corinth's finest open market, that flea market right there behind where Pizza mm-hmm. used to be and is about to be again. Right. I said, hey. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, no nugget there. Pizza Hut. Pizza yeah. Back. yeah. Big time. 
they tore the building down just to build another pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I said, I, any booths up there at the flea market have guitars? She said, yeah, they close at six. You want to go? I was like, let's roll. So I'm texting Drew. He's the resident musician on this podcast and was asking him some questions about some guitars. And I don't know if you're watching on YouTube. There it is. You can kind of see it over see the my, neck of it. There oh, it there is. you go. Yeah. I got a, a Fender Starcaster um, on a great deal. I uh, was able to fix the bridge. A couple of little string holders were coming mm-hmm. out. Able to fix that. It's good as new, man. And I've yeah. been playing the crap out of that guitar. Good. Man. Some chords again. I've got my Write your own sad music. That's it, man. So <laughs> be on the lookout for some Two Bucks Sports <laughs> Pod music coming out. <laughs> like, I'm going to do our intro music and extra. Oh, next. no. No, you're not. No, you're no, not. No. But anyway, uh, my best of the week has been music, man. Just yeah. doing that, that playlist has been good for my, my, my head and my heart. Playing a guitar, has, while not been great for my fingers, has been good for me for, get there. for getting out of my head, man. I love it. I'm I'm all in. Uh, you know, my uh, favorite lyric to any song in the world is from American Pie. Uh, and it says, um, did you write the book of love and you have faith in God above uh, if the Bible tells you so? Mm. Now, do you believe in rock and roll? Can music save your mortal soul? And can you teach me how to dance real slow? I mm. love that line. And can music save your mortal soul? And mm-hmm. the answer is unequivocally yes. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, it is music has been so good for me over the last couple of weeks. I'm picking up a little bit on a Tyler Childers song that I'm wanna that I'm that I'm jamming on, and then a, a little bit of a Zach Bryan song that I've learned some chords to and kind of picking first. with. Yeah, well, Zach Bryan is pretty, pickers, you know. Zach Bryan is pretty easy. Most of his songs, a lot of Tyler Childers are, but there's a couple that are very easy just to kind yeah. of strum through with the with an acoustic guitar. And so they always their their style of play has always been very envious of me. I'm a I'm yeah. a bass player. That's my yeah. bread and butter. But I can pick around on a six string, and I can I know my chords. I can I yeah. can follow along. But the way they do it, and it's primarily chords, you know. Yeah. But all the hammer ons and and the little ditties they do in in the chord structure has always been my favorite way to hear a guitar played. Yeah. On acoustic, and uh, they do that so well, both of them. They do. Um, Tyler Childers is my favorite musician in the world. Him and, and Nathaniel Rayleigh from the Night Sweats, Zach Bryan are some some common jams of mine. And like, uh, yeah, I honestly like, <clears throat> I hadn't been sleeping real good lately. Been up yeah. most of the night, and so like, I spent a lot of time over the last yeah. week playing guitar, and it's going really well. So I'm yeah. I'm fired up. That's my best of the week. Is music. That's awesome. Yeah. We can start a band. Uh, Let's go. Shout out to the people. For Rusty and I met. <laughs> we reignited our friendship. <laughs> so, uh, my beef of the week, and it's really my wife. I think she's bad luck. Uh, and so, let, let me just get to Haley, it. Haley, he uh, don't mean that. No. So, my wife, who is a diehard Grizzlies fan with me, uh, one of my favorite things about my wife is that she's genuinely invested in things that I'm invested in, and I try to replicate that back towards her for things that she's interested in because she really puts forth an effort to try to care about things that I care about. And that, there's a whole episode where she does. Yeah. And that's uh, basically sports. <laughs> that's all I care about. Sports <laughs> is my family, you know, uh, and my job. And uh, so she's been, she saw a pair of jaw ones that she liked the guava, you know, the, the little light peach ones got some purple and some pink on it. And yeah. she's always been eyeballing them. And Rusty, even when you were in town uh, Friday or we Saturday, we went and looked for a pair and mm-hmm. uh, they didn't have any. Well, I found some online uh, in youth sizes, uh, which my wife doesn't have a very big foot. So I was able to find her a youth size pair of jaw one guavas. And it came in the mail yesterday. Mm, that's cool. uh, and uh, she loves them. That is not my beef. 
my beef is for the second time in a row, a piece of I buy her something Grizzlies related and something bad happens. Mm. So I bought her the Jaw One Guavas the day after Jaw is announced that he is having season in his shoulder surgery. It's just bad timing. Yeah. And then at the end of last season, I bought her a David Ronnie jersey, number 27. <laughs> when Ty changed. Jones got traded, he changed his number to 21. She like, has the worst timing of all. Yeah. So uh, she was really excited about it. She teaches in the city limits here in Ripley uh, at the city school. And uh, she wore those to school today. Man, she had so many, so many, so much street cred rocking a pair of jaw ones yeah. at the school today. Nice, yeah. All all the kids love that. That's awesome, man. Good for her. Yeah. I know she's rocking right. it with pride too. Oh yeah, she loves them. All right, so we've got our personal well, out of the way. Oh no, you got something? I don't know. I can come up with a beef. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um. I. You know. I got a lot of beefs that I could do. I can't air a lot of them on this <laughs> podcast as we talked about off air. Uh, if y'all want to know, hit me up. We'll grab a beer and talk about <laughs> it. Or Mama, we'll grab a water and talk about it. Yeah. Um. I guess my beef for the week is going to be it'll kind of lead right into our next segment um, brought to you by some wonderful sponsor <laughs> that's going to hop on this um, podcast. Um, this listener right now thinking, boy, I need to sponsor these old boys. Anyway, my beef is that I it's kind of, I, every year for Christmas, I get my nephew's tickets to a Grizz game. It's more oh, of a Christmas yeah. present for, for, about this. Yeah. for Uncle Buckets. Like, it's me. <laughs> like, I get it. This is selfish is what it is. I love my nephews. They're my dudes. Like, I love those kids to death. I'm taking my youngest nephew for the first time this year. Um, we're actually making a cool trip out of it. So I can only either get four or six tickets. I end up getting six tickets, and my brother's going, and my cousin Jim are going. It's going. So we're having a big family outing, right? Um, but taking my nephews to the Grizz game this weekend to watch the Knicks. And so I get to see OG Ananobi. I get to see yeah. Jalen Brunson. I get to see Julius Randle. And then I get to see the hodgepodge that is the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah. No job. You could, no Marcus Smart. You like, wish you would have bought those tickets tomorrow, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Like, I guarantee you that, like, because I got tickets. We're up in the upper deck because they end up having to get six of them. So we went up in upper deck. You know me, Drew. Usually when I buy tickets, like, I'm buying good tickets. And, but I had to buy six of them. And at the time, they were, like, 40 that's why I always bucks. sit in the upper decks. Right. I have a family of five. <laughs> I made the mistake of just, like, I want to see what those tickets are. They're, like, $20 cheaper per ticket. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what? But anyway. Anyway, so my beef is leading into our Grizz talk for the night is the fact that we're going to watch the Grizz, but it, no Ja, no Marcus Smart, who else? Who knows? You know, no yeah. Stephen Adams, no BC. You know, I mean, still who knows time to play Saturday. Right? There's <laughs> yeah. still time for like I have PTSD. There's this great like meme floating around, and I don't want to steal your thunder. I know you got some stuff coming up for this, but there's a great little like little gif floating around on Twitter. And it's the like the soldier. There's like bombs blowing up behind him, and he's right. got the thousand yard stare and it kind of focuses right. in on him. And it says a medical update from the Memphis Grizzlies because <laughs> over the last like six weeks, that's what it feels like. Every time the Grizz PR account yeah. tweets out, yeah. it says a medical update from the Grizz, and we're all just like, oh, oh god, oh no. <laughs> I get this like pit in my stomach when it happens. Right. Who and is it this time? Who is it this time? Yeah. And now it's Marcus Smart who makes a three-pointer with a finger that's basically hanging on by a thread, and he's yeah. now out for six weeks. But anyway, yeah. that's so, my beef for the week, and it leads right into right your into. Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, so uh, our Bucks' best in beef is out, is out of the way. It's primarily when we talk about live, but yes, there is some sports to get in there. And so that's going to take us into segment one. Uh, this segment is brought to you by... Blank. <laughs> blank check. <laughs> uh, fill, in, fill in the blank, local business. Uh, and so... Uh, it's the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies week. We talk, we record on Thursday night, so we're going to start Friday, and we're going to talk about the Grizzlies. Uh, and it has been a week. And 
Uh, you're talking about mountaintops and Ooh. valleys in the Peaks same week. So, can relate. So, <laughs> so Friday night, Buckets gives me a call. Hey, I'm coming over. Awesome. And so we go and we have a bite to eat and have a couple drinks. And we come back to the house for the late tip, 9 o'clock tip for Grizzlies. Play at the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's one thing about staying up late for a 9 o'clock game, it's you better win. You know? And uh, yeah. the Grizzlies dominated the Lakers mm-hmm. uh, with a 14-point win at Let's go. at Crypto Arena. Uh, you're talking about highs of the highs. Going into this game, you've dealt with a 25-game jaw suspension. You've dealt with injuries littered, a, long, uh, a lengthy Marcus Smart injury, uh, jaw being suspended, you know, assortment of other things that led to a bad start. And it finally felt like that was the time, like, boom, we're back. We're back. We're going to make a run. I think I even tweeted out, like, Y'all just look out because the Grizzlies are ready to make a run. This team yep. is good enough. We will compete. I tweeted yep. that out Friday night. <clears throat> um, Sunday, Grizz play at Phoenix. Have a huge win. Phoenix has got all their big guys playing. You've got KD. You've got Bradley Beal. And you've got um, an elite Devin offensive Bo- team. An elite all, offensive all playing, team. Uh, playing on the road on a Sunday. Uh, the middle game of a three-game ro- West Coast road trip. And the Grizzlies beat them and beat them. I mean, had a really good game and there was no jaw. Little foreshadowing here. I told Rusty before the game, before the podcast, we're going to stay in the moment here and dissect this as we go. Jaw's in a sling. Okay. And so when, uh, when the Grizzlies win that game, it's like, okay, now you've figured out the rotations. You've got John, you know, he's missed a game, but it's sore. He finished the Lakers game two days before so you know he didn't hurt it badly if he hurt it during the Lakers game. But he's probably just resting, don't want it hanging, dangling, and just giving it some support to let it heal. Um, but a huge win at Phoenix. Um, Monday. Monday we're watching the national championship game. We're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, but after halftime of the national championship game, the national championship game for Grizzlies fans ceased to exist. Mm-hmm. Because sometime in that third quarter, you get the um, you get the news dropped out in the ultimate, you know, um, what's it called? It's like a news dump. It's like a Friday it's, news dump. It's a Woj bomb. Yeah, but like a Woj they bomb. dumped it right in the middle of a national championship game in efforts to try to, I guess, Hot. squash the outrage right. or squash the severity the, of it. Yeah, the headlines. But news comes out that John needs he has got a torn labrum. And he needs season-ending shoulder surgery. And um, I mean, you're talking about what was the highest of the high, coming off those two wins against the Lakers and the Suns. This was the low. Yeah, let me. Can I nerd out for a second here about oh, label please. injuries? I was going to set this up for you. Go ahead, set it up. For, Go ahead. For those of you who are new listeners, my co-host here is a doctor, but not like the the good-paying <laughs> kind. He is a doctor of physical therapy. Uh, and he deals a lot with sports injuries. So, Rusty, uh, what say you? So, last week, I had three labral repairs. I had a labral prepare, repair today of a Division One athlete that came in the clinic um, to see me to get his shoulder back so he could play quarterback next year at a Division One college here in the state of Tennessee. Labral injuries are common. Was it Nico? It wasn't Nico. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It wasn't that Division One school. <laughs> it was a D one school, but it wasn't. It wasn't UT. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, HIPAA man, I can't talk about that. Anyhow, we're going. We're going to digress. So, 
labor injuries are common. Like if we put like you and I could run to the Walmart there in Ripley, the, the great establishment that it is, we could pick any 10 people over the age of 30 and all 10 are going to have some varying degree of a labral tear, but all 10 of them are not elite level athletes. Like one John Morant, not like us, right? Not like us, not like John Morant, not like trip. So basically what your labrum is, is it like when your humerus or your arm bone sits on your shoulder blade, it, the arm bone is a lot bigger than where it sits. Your labrum is an extra shock absorber. It creates more surface area to make your shoulder more stable. It's non-contractile tissue. So if you tear your rotator cuff, you don't have to have surgery unless it's like a complete rupture with retraction and all that kind of stuff. And some people still don't. But non-contractile tissue means there's it doesn't work with like volition. Like you can't contract your labrum. It also doesn't have a great blood supply. So it's not going to heal on its own. Job most likely had what's called a slap legion, which is a superior labral anterior to posterior tear. So what I saw today, it was from 930 on the clock to two o'clock on the clock face. Mm -hmm. And so when you get those, what it does is it creates a catch. So like when Job would go up to shoot, his shoulder is going to freeze and it's going to catch on that labral tear. It's going to continue to fray and grind. So they have to go there, they have to repair it. So he's going to be in a sling for probably the next four to six weeks. And then it's going to get really aggressive. Shout out to Jared, the PT for the Grizz. Uh, he's going to do a great job. He's done a great job with BC. He'll do a great job of getting job back. But uh, we're going to we, we go on record on this podcast celebrating the Grizzlies medical staff. No, we're just celebrating we, one. We, we, we celebrate all of them. Okay. <laughs> There's a reason Campbell Clinic, I think, ain't the, the provider anymore. Anyway, I digress. So basically, Josh, he's got a, a summer of rehab ahead of him. He's going to spend a few weeks in a sling doing isometrics and kind of get it moving. You got to be careful with your arm away from your body because that increases the compressive forces inside your shoulder joint, which can fray it and cause more tearing. So he'll be kind of laying low, kind of like Steve-O did for a while, let it kind of heal. Then it's going to get real aggressive with some overhead mobility and stuff, trying to get it back. But long and short of it, Josh will be 100% and be fine by next by next year. He'll His rehab will go well. It usually does when you have a labral injury, especially if there's no other tears or no other fraying or other issues in the shoulder. And so I think that we'll be good to go. Jile bounced back better than ever. And he had surgery today. Apparently it was successful. Everything went well. And so speedy recovery to John Morant as you're recovering from the, the labral injury. Thanks for letting me nerd out for a minute. Yeah. I, uh, the funniest tweet I saw, uh, and it a screenshot of it was sent to me in a group message and uh, it really rings home for uh, Memphians, uh, especially anybody related to Sims Murphy Hospital, was yeah. that the uh, it says the Grizzlies medical staff is pictured here, and it's a picture of Christopher Dunch, Doctor Death, <laughs> <laughs> who was purposely killing his patients. And That's surgery. good. Yeah, uh, and so that was it was like a soup, you know. When you're in a dark place, dark humor is really the only thing that speaks get it. to you. And uh, <laughs> that was that it. was the that I was the uh, that's what I needed. Was my, was my f I've also seen pictures of like the grizz head with bandages around it yeah. or a grizzly on on crutches. My favorite one was there was this grizz like a bear in a hoodie. And he's got like some some beer bottles and cans sitting on it. He's sitting there. He's got White a gun in his substance. hand. Yeah, he's got a gun in his hand. And yeah. said, "How do we get here?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean. If there, if Twitter's Twitter's a terrible place, uh, ninety nine percent of the time, and you sure. can, there's a lot of things on there that you don't need to see. Sure. But in times of this, you know, the funniest people do come out. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so that we'll gets get, us. We'll get to Alabama Twitter in a minute because there's been some good <laughs> uh, stuff on there too. Oh, we yeah. continue. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one. Uh, I'm gonna hold this up to the camera, but you guys remember the Zaire Williams guy who won the autograph Zaire Williams ball? <laughs> yeah. Like, this guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, 
uh, that guy has been bringing me life on Twitter. Those and what's so sad is somebody on Reddit had photoshopped it to make him smile after Zaire had a couple really good games and we beat yeah. the Suns and we were playing well. <laughs> right. Now he's back sad. He, he's, he's back in his natural rest. Continue state. with your timeline. Uh, and so that gets us to uh, Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, the Grizzlies have a game on the road at Dallas. And if the Grizzlies fans know anything, it's like you don't want to play that team. No. They kill us every, every time. single time. Luca, uh, you cannot speed Luca up. Luca is going to play a game at his pace, and you can't stop him. Uh, however, the Grizzlies went on the road without Ja, without um, Stephen Adams, without Jaren. Jaren, Jaren was out for precaution, uh, and then the Mavericks were playing both Luca and Kyrie, and the Grizzlies just routed them, start to finish. Never yeah. really got close, and when it did get to like ten at one point in the third quarter, the Grizzlies open it back up to twenty, yeah. and Shout Grizzlies hold Williams. on to win one twenty to one hundred three, uh, in the most improbable win of the season, in my yeah. opinion. And it's 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 large part to Desmond Michael Bain. Like that dude has yeah. a beef with he the put the team on his back, and he does that it, every time yeah. we play Dallas. Like yes, Luke is a Grizz killer. Yes, we always struggle playing at Dallas, but. Anytime Des plays the Mavericks, it's it's war because he grew yeah. up in Fort Worth. He went to no, TCU. He, he he went to college. He's college from Indiana. He went to Indiana. TCU for yeah. TCU at Fort Worth, yeah. backyard of, of the Mavs. They told and him they, they were going to draft him. him. They told him they were going to draft him. That you're our guy. And then they went with. They made another pick. I forget. Was it? Uh, uh, shoot. Oh, I and I had it earlier today. Yeah. Look it up because I, I I purposely looked it up, but it's been a long day. Um. But anyway, they drafted I'll somebody else. The Grizz took him a few picks later, and it has been a personal vendetta, and I'm here for it. Every time we play Dallas, it is his personal mission to drop buckets on them. And he had 32, uh, 8 for 9 from the free throw line, just had an incredible stat line, a very efficient night, just absolutely cooked them. Josh Green. Josh Green. I knew it was something green. green. I knew it was something green. Um, but 32 points in 39 minutes, just step back three dunk, like just like he made a, a, a ferocious dunk that is not like Desmond Bain only to be shown up by Put David back. Roddy yeah. catching a body. Yeah. Um, Des played out of his mind. I watched he the game from start incredible. to finish and I'm, I'm in here in this house by myself here in Martin, Tennessee. I have one friend now. Shout out to my buddy Lee. Um, <laughs> I have one friend in Martin, Tennessee. But I was here by myself. I, on the outside, I was hooting. On the inside, I was hollering, man, having a good time watching us beat up on them mouths. What a great game yeah. that was. Yeah, and uh, it was incredible. Marcus Smart was incredible. Desmond was incredible. Vince Williams was incredible again. Zaire Williams. Can I'm going to whisper about Vince it. Yet I'm still going to whisper it. Zaire Williams yeah. is playing good. He had 14 uh, off Vince the Williams is incredible. We'll get to him in a second. But the uh, best the best uh, thing that happened that night was Xavier Tillman getting yeah, in Kyrie's yeah. head. Because yeah. it, like every time they would switch on to Kyrie, like Kyrie ended up, he had like 19 to the third. Kyrie had a great right. game, finished with 33. Yeah. But whenever they put X on him, like they would roll and make that switch – X blocked his shot. X poked it away. X stopped him from driving to the point that he got in Kyrie's head. And Kyrie is like, I'm sure y'all seen the video of them barking back and forth on the free throw line where Kyrie is like, I'm built for this. I can talk trash and hoop. And he missed the free yeah. throw. What's, <laughs> what's always a dead giveaway for me when somebody doesn't have anything like to contribute to the argument, when they start like taunting seniority, he's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm in my 13th year. I was like, all right, well, you ain't in this. You argument. ain't got nothing. Like, no. no, you Easy ain't got nothing to say. Like, rent free. Yeah. Rent yeah. free. If you've got to say, 
I was here first, then That's you don't it. have an argument. You know, it's like my dad can beat up your dad, right? Yeah. Like, like right. rent you, free. And, you know who my daddy is? Yeah. yeah, that's that kind of argument. And X uh, had the uh, best uh, reaction on the free throw line when he was standing over there. It's a meme. The Grizz tweeted it out today, captioned yeah. this. Like it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry uh, <laughs> yeah, but Xavier Tillman, uh, this is a pro Xavier Tillman podcast. When you need Always him the most, when you don't need Xavier Tillman, he sucks. When <laughs> yeah. you need Xavier Tillman the most, Xavier Tillman steps up. Love and, you, X. Uh, and uh, we'll get to uh, something about those Wednesday. Michigan State big men, man, that yeah. just the cook for the Grizz. But the biggest thing that came out of Tuesday, because when we get to here, we got to come back to the bottom Always. on a three-point shot that he made. Marcus Smart dislocates his ring finger on finger finger Finger. on his shooting hand. And he goes in. He does not even rusty the video. You have to watch the video. If you haven't seen Mm -hmm. it, he shoots it, holds his follow through ball goes in and he goes to make the, it looks like he goes to make the three point sign to celebrate at the Mavericks bench. And he looks and he's like, that ain't right. (laughs) (laughs) My finger. He did not even (laughs) know it was broken. And then when he saw it, he just turned and walked to the bench. <laughs> so the video is he actually dislocated on the possession before. There's a vid, there's a, there, where he kind of slaps at somebody. He makes I haven't the, seen that. He makes the three with a bum finger. And like he you said, he he goes to make the three, and then his his index finger is at a weird angle. And he that like you said, he looks well, it was at his it. Ring finger that he yeah, broke. index yeah. ring finger. Sorry, he looks yeah. at it at a weird angle. And then immediately, like you said, they call a timeout, and he walks straight to the trainer. <laughs> yeah, and then the trainer does the thing. You know, he puts the towel over his hand, and you can tell he's about to reset it. No harm, no foul. Dislocations happen in basketball. Yeah, Everybody at every age, if you've ever played basketball for any length of time, it's dislocated your finger. I got a crooked ca- finger from it. Yeah, because you catch a ball weird, you jams, and you know, whatever. Yeah. No harm, no foul. You know, it may be sore. The Grizzlies medical staff loves to take their time, like, rehabbing injuries. But then uh, uh, we're just kind of left. Again, I'm following the timeline here. So that takes us to Wednesday. All right? Marcus Mark just has a broke finger that's been reset. Wednesday, the Grizzlies signed Vince Williams Jr. to a three-year Seven point something million dollar contract with a fourth year uh, team option, and I thought that was wrong. I mean, uh, what? I mean, he basically signed for the league minimum, like a veterans minimum deal. We got and cheap. yeah, I mean, really cheap deal. And they signed him early. I mean, he, the wildfire hadn't spread yet league wide on Vince Williams yet. That's the reason why, mm-hmm. you know. And he's on a two way deal, so you know, I mean. You want to lock him up, uh, yeah. but in that in that process of getting him a guaranteed deal, a roster spot had to be made. Right. And our man Biz Bismack Biombo Grizz Mac Biombo, aka Butterfingers. Yeah, brick hands. Um, was let go, and I do not want to besmirch no. Bismack. Uh, because he, he, he helps us in a lot of situations. He was offensively challenged. We knew that. He, he's got brick hands, but the brick hands worked out pretty well on the defensive end. Sure. He was incredible sure. uh, this weekend uh, on the defensive end for the mm-hmm. Grizzlies. Uh, but the roster crunch coupled with the fact that John Moran is now out for the season and there's probably some lineups they want to tra- check and young guys they want to get some run. And uh, he was the guy that got that got the ax. And yeah. so, uh, but that's not the big story. The big story is Vince Williams jr. You're talking yeah. rags, 
to literal riches. Yes. A 40, the 49th pick in the 2021 draft. Yeah. Um, from the Virginia Commonwealth like, University, yeah. like VCU, smaller yeah. school, just a guy who just earned an NBA contract, right? Not based on, I mean, he's talented, don't get me wrong, but based purely on hustle. Like that's the American dream, right? Like he got out there and he hustled and earned that contract. Very talented yeah. basketball player, obviously, but like every big play, every big rebound or loose ball right. or steal or block or stop in the lanes recently has been one of two people. It's either been Marcus Smart or it's been Vince Williams Jr. Absolutely. And Vince has been involved in so like in that in that Laker game, man, he was huge in that game. Yeah, he was, he big was the other night. He was yeah. big against the Mavs the other night. Like he just it's at the right place at the right time, and it's because that kid hustles. And so, you know, shout out to the grinders, Drew and our grinders at our day jobs. We're grinders on this podcast with some news coming down the pipe. Like we appreciate hustlers, right? And Everybody, and Memphis appreciates the, the city of it, Memphis. It's a blue collar town. I'm a blue collar player. You know, I've seen a lot of like we've got the grind father. Now we've got the grind son. Like very much yeah, people trying to do that name. with Dylan. I know, but it, like, I don't. <laughs> the difference is like Vince knows his role, right? Like Dylan tried to be that 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 main score, and Vince knows that's not him. He had 19 the other night against. I think it was 19 against the Lakers. He had, which for him is a great game, but like. He knows he's not a scorer. He's out there to hustle, make plays, make defensive stops, and just be a dude. And so yeah, shout out Vince Williams. Get you we're, again, we're very much fans of people in this podcast getting their bag. So Vince Williams, get your bag, son. Let's go. Vince Williams did not play in the Lakers game in the Phoenix game in which Phoenix we won game, by six. He was a plus twenty five. That was the game I was and, thinking of. And in the Mavericks game in which we won by seventeen. Vince Williams Jr. Oh, actually, he was a net zero in that game, actually. Yeah, it, it was the Suns yeah, game where that, he had 19. That shows you how fickle single-game plus-minuses can be. Yeah, but, he was plus 23, 19 yeah. in the Suns game, including 4 for 4 from the free throw line, 3 for 4 from 3, cooking off yeah. the bench. Um, And so the Grizzlies uh, signed Vince Williams Jr. For, to a three-year contract, team option fourth year. Could not be more excited for that because the Grizzlies really hit on him. Uh, I think it's important. You know, Grizzlies fans and fans of teams in general love to point out the flaws of front offices, and the front offices on the uh, the front offices have not gotten picks right recently, recently. On, at the top end of the draft. Right. Bottom end of the draft, that was a hit. That was that yeah. was a forty ninth pick of the draft. Typically, those guys are two way that you never hear about ever again. Right. But he hit, and they took their time. They developed him well, and he yeah. is a key contributor to this team, and will only yeah. continue to be a bigger contributor as the years go by. Uh, and and we're going to find out what else we got. You know, like I, I don't want to rush the timeline. I know you got stuff coming up, but like, you know, guys like Gigi, Gillard, we got guys that we're going to see what we've got with them. And I still I think we're going to make got wood. We got another one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gigi, you never know what you got. I yeah. mean, that kid, that kid's raw, but like, you know, I'm sure we'll get to this here in a minute, but I mean, there's still some moves that it can be made out there. Yeah. And so that takes us to today. Uh, th- this afternoon, <clears throat> we find out I'm sitting at home from work with a sick baby girl. Um, and, uh, get the, the Grizz PR notification because for, I'm a glutton for punishment. I have the, (laughs) I have, uh, the Twitter notification set up for Grizz PR and immediately I was like, Oh, this is great. This is bad. Uh, Mark smart out six weeks with what we thought was a dislocated finger is turned into undoubtedly something. It has to be something muscular or, uh, um, a tendon or something in there that's gotten inflamed. Not you can yeah. probably shed some light on that, but he's out and he was will be reevaluated in six weeks. 
no medical staff. That means minimum eight weeks, eight to 12 so weeks. So <laughs> I hearken you, I hearken our dear listeners back to the Stephen Adams saga that was January 2000, yeah. the year of our Lord, January 2023, where Stephen Adams was going to be reevaluated in two weeks, and then in four weeks, and then in six weeks, right. and then he was just going to be reevaluated, and, and then we didn't hear nothing about it. Here we are, January 24. And he ain't played a lick. And so, like, be, be, be leery, Memphis Grizzly fans. Be leery of that. But, yeah, when you dislocate your finger, like, there's so many things that can go wrong because there's so many, like, tendons and ligaments in there that if one of them gets off, like, it's such a very intricate – and I can nerd out on this for a while, and I promise that I won't to our faithful listeners. Probably, but like, probably not. Basically, it's a very intricate pulley system, and if one of them gets off, it throws off the whole system. And what you don't want, especially on your shooting hand, is to have a pulley system that's right. bad because there's so much feel that goes into a basketball shot that we need that finger right. And so we yeah. know they're going to slow If it was his offhand, it probably play through it. And here's the thing, like, especially at this point in the season, like, we ain't tanking. You've like, already got the nod, the jaw news. Like. And so, but we ain't tanking. Like, I I, I talked with one of my, shout no, out to Vlad. I know you listen to this podcast. One of my bosses, like, we ain't tanking, sir. Um, Those guys are going to hustle. They're playing for contracts. We're going to bring up some guys like GG on some two-way contracts. But, like, we ain't tanking. But You're playing for development. But, but. If Jaron comes to you and says, my knee is sore, he's out two weeks for precautions. Right. If Dez says, my shoulder's right. sore, out two weeks. Marcus Smart, right. let's slow play this thing. There's no reason to rush him back. Let's get that right. finger right, and maybe, maybe these younger guys can have us in a position for a playing game down the road where Marcus can help us as he gets better. Or we start making moves for the 24-25 season, and we start playing towards that, but we ain't tanking. These dudes are not going to tank. I can guarantee like, – I watched I watched that Mavericks game. We're playing the Clippers tomorrow night. I, you know, we're we're removed a little bit from those Grizz Clipper games, but that's still, still hate soft. James Harden. I though. still hate James Harden. I still, still hate Chris, James Harden. Like Chris Paul is one of the few people on this planet. Like I try not. I'm a lovable guy. I'm a big teddy bear, but I hate Chris Paul, and oh, yeah. it's because of those games. And like I cannot wait tomorrow. You hear night. the Stephen A. clip talking about uh, um, Jason Whitlock yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. Yeah, you know, he just went off. Like if you just yeah. gave Rusty a mic. He Ooh. would just – that's the kind of talk he would have about Chris, Chris Paul. Paul, and it's the talk I would have about James Harden. <laughs> like, like, like Harden. I don't – I hate zero people in this planet. I've been yeah. done dirty even in the last, like, couple of months. Uh-huh. I've been done dirty, and I hate no one except Chris except Chris Paul. Yeah. But, like, um, I hope tomorrow night I can tweet out my favorite thing to tweet when we play the Clippers is whoop that clip, whoop that uh-huh. clip over and over again. It's so I hope we can tweet it out. But these do, all that to say, these dudes ain't tanking, man. Like, we're no, playing for pride. We're playing for contracts. And I still I feel like I trust in climbing that I feel like we have a move coming down the pipe. I do too, but anyway. I don't know. We're gonna see. Uh, I hope that they just doesn't stall the process out. I they I hope that, and they will. It's the Grizzlies culture, you know. The Grizzlies, uh, in my in my years of playing, I started my fandom with in probably eleven or twelve with the with the grit and grind Grizzlies. Uh, in my lifetime, we have not tanked, actively tanked, except for one time uh, when we got Jaron Jackson Jr. We mm-hmm. could have had, you know, the number one pick. It ended up being great that we failed to four. Uh, but, you know, you had the worst record in the league. You pl- you yeah. played 28 roster players uh, that year. Uh, we we played the worst dudes. record in the league. And then you, you think we went 22 and 60. Yeah. And uh, you got the fourth pick in the draft. And then yeah. the next year, you uh, everything hits the fan. Fizdale blows up. You trade Mark. You trade uh, T A. Don't come back. No Zebo. And then you have 
uh, DeLon Wright come in and mm-hmm. you have, you know, just an assortment of guys. And instead of actively tanking, this was the first year of climbing. Instead mm-hmm. of actively tanking, they really played it out and yeah. played for just pride, pride. basically. City because pride. all those, a lot of those guys never came back. Like DeLon Wright left. I mean, yeah. and, uh, and we were rewarded. The basketball gods rewarded us by we had the eighth or ninth best lottery odds, and we ended up with two and got John Morant. Drew and uh, I were, and so, were texting some some yeah. some all caps text that night. Oh yeah, I was in my apartment in Jackson, Mississippi, on a work rotation uh, while I was in college mm-hmm. uh, when we won the lot. When we I stayed when, at that apartment. Won the lottery. Yeah, and um, no, this was a different one. But anyway, oh. uh, uh, but yes, yeah, so it was uh. I believe that the Grizzlies go about this the right way. It's about development, and you can't – I hate um, trying to lose. I hate the culture it builds. You you look at the teams that are routinely the worst teams in the league. You look up until recently, the Sacramento Kings, always in the top of the lottery. Uh, The The Charlotte Hornets, the Pistons, you know – you, they have a culture of tanking. The Houston Rockets, up until this year, have right. a culture of tanking to try to get number one picks, right. and it results in players that are unhappy or be- worse become complacent in losing. 100%. 100%. Um, and so, and, and, uh, yes, and I it, think the Grizzlies will play this out the correct way. Right now, we're slated to be the sixth overall pick, and so that that's still a great pick. I don't think and we'll end up there. And you could really try this year and end up six to uh, ten, you know, and, really, and, really play it out. This team is not good enough no. to to play above five hundred foot uh, basketball the rest of the year. No, there's a very, very, very small chance we make that Especially not game. without Marcus. Marcus. Especially now we know Jaws not there, but definitely no Marcus. But like the basketball guys reward you with that. You know, there was a it was a weak draft the year we got Desmond Bain, and so this year is projected as a very weak he draft. He failed it's, to us, yeah, right. 30. But this is a very weak draft. Apparently, there's a couple guys that are going to be at the top after that. Outside of that, all the prognosticators and quote unquote experts are calling it a weak draft. We got well, Desmond Bain in, mind, in that. But then keep again, in mind like, that year we got fourth. The mm-hmm. first two picks were DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley. Right, and so like and we then are Luca, right. and, and then and yeah. and then the same like right, with yeah. with. Like Zion has missed a ton of basketball being hurt, and we got Mar- we got John Morant, who's been. We can do a whole podcast about how fortunate, how we won yeah. that lottery, because we did get the number one pick. Because need I remind our faithful listeners that we have wasted a draft pick on one Hashim the Beat, yeah, aka the Bust, and so. You know, again, Drew, like these guys are going to hustle. They're going to play hard. The, the, you know, the, the Vince Williams, obviously, those are hustle kids, right? And they're not going. They're going to go out there with that pride on their shoulder. They're going to play for the city of Memphis. They're going to play for those dudes beside them. And we're not going to be a great basketball team, but we're going to be a fun watch because we're going to hustle. We're going to play hard. And we're gonna, me and you, we're in it one way or the other. I mean, that's, that's it. I'm, I'm, I am ten toes down for these Memphis Grizzlies, and I always will be um, watching them hustle and grind out the rest of this year. So to put a bow on this, this is the last thought I had, which really just put the nail in the coffin in my spirits. Hammer, uh, nail, coffin. Yeah, the the last three games for Jaron Jackson Jr., 27 points per game, 54% from three, seven and a half rebounds and three blocks per yep. game the last three. Marcus Smart's last three games, 27 points per game, 45% from three, four rebounds and two steals a game. If you're, watching, then, on, if you're yeah. watching on YouTube, here it comes. It's like... <laughs> Uh, so we have a uh, another huge topic to get to. So that's going to put a bow on the Grizzlies today. We're going to take our first ad break of the day. <laughs> um, yeah, local businesses, 
Uh, this is your just, time to shine. We're going to take a five-second silence here, and you just multiply it by three, and that could be your 15 to 30-second time slot. Uh, that could be your <laughs> yours for a small fee. All right. Mm-hmm. And we're back with the two bucks. <laughs> Listen, if y'all are listening at this point, buckle up. Cause you know, we've been doing really good. I want to give, I want to give credit where credit's due. Shout out to myself and my esteemed colleague here. We've been doing really good at keeping these podcasts about an hour, hour, 10. It, tonight ain't it. We're going yeah. <laughs> we got a lot to say tonight. So y'all hang yeah. on. So, uh, um, do you have, uh, before Ja ruined the national championship game, there was a college football national yeah. championship game Monday night, yeah. uh, in which, Michigan just really laid the wood to Washington and was really depressed. I mean, I, that game was no fun to watch. It's two years in a row where we've had amazing semifinal games, but dud. the the championship game was a dud. Yeah. Um, did you did you leave that game with any sort of thought as to the future? Uh, I think both of these teams are very much in the air uh, going into next season uh, due to coaches. Washington do to going into a new conference. I mean, did you leave with any thoughts? Yeah, so Jim Harbaugh is good as gone. He's going to the NFL. Like all signs are pointing towards that. Michael Penix is not coming back. The quarterback oh, of the future no, is gone. one yeah. Will Rogers. Um sorry, Husky fans. I can if y'all need to any of y'all listening, y'all hit me up on, on Twitter. Uh uh Rusty. Will Rogers buckets. is good if he's he healthy, is, but he's he is. not great. But he but he's not great. So hit me up, Rusty underscore buckets underscore on Twitter. Uh, same on Instagram. Y'all hit me up. Y'all got questions about Will Rogers. You know, Drew, like it made me excited for next year because like, I'm going to be honest, it was a dud. And I, I, all day long at work, people were asking me and they know about our podcast, like who are y'all picking? And I'm like, you know, with, I want Washington to win, but Michigan's going to win. Their defensive line was way too good. And it proved that all night. You know, they, they, they rushed Penix all night long. Um, uh, oh man, I, I was about to pronounce his last name right, but I'm not going to now. That receiver. <laughs> uh, you give uh, it a shot. You give it a shot. Rome is his first name. No, what's uh, the last name? A <laughs> uh, <Deuce> May. <laughs> See, I told you I was going to butcher. Welcome to the Two Bucks Sports <laughs> Podcast. Rusty is talking about Rome Adunze. Adunze, I, did, I was so close. I was one letter off, man. Yeah. One letter off. Come on. I called somebody. I called uh, the Raptors coach Nick Nolte. Come on, give me some credit here. I was close. Um. <laughs> I have a anyway. I had a patient without giving away too much was related to somebody on one of those teams, and and he asked me kind of the same. And I was like, look, man, Michigan's gonna dominate this game. But what it does is it makes me excited for the future for next year because I'm just gonna tell you right now, like, had it been the 12 team playoff this year, oh, I yeah. Georgia oh, would have been yeah. their national champs. Georgia yeah, was the best no team doubt. in football. Like they they lost to Alabama, but yep. in a 12 team playoff, they're Alabama coming out for the national championship. Absolutely. Georgia wins the national championship if this had been next year. So it makes me excited for that because you got teams like Georgia. Who knows what Missouri could have done? Missouri played really, really well. We ain't talking about that other team. Um, who knows what some of these teams could have done? You're, you're talking about year. the other 11 win team in the SEC? Uh, T Sun? Um, <laughs> oh, you don't God. know. So like, it, makes me, it makes me excited for next year. It does because like, it was I can't a dumb. wait for you to watch us in the playoff. It was uh, who? Missouri? Georgia? It was crappy. You know, like it, it was a crappy national championship game. I quit watching and started keeping up with the Grizz after that. But like, luckily yeah, it, the power it, went out to one third of Tip Electric system right. about the fourth quarter. So <laughs> I worked for three quick, hours. A quick little, a little, little, little tattletale on my co-host here. I'm calling him most because I get up at every day at five o'clock to go to the gym, and so I've been calling him at five o five and just saying wake up call, and then he goes back to bed and he texts me at like midnight and was like, I just did that once, okay? Yeah, no, 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 he did. Again, credit where credit's due. He's been getting up most mornings. 
But he texted me like midnight and said, hey, don't call me tomorrow. I'm going to do a Wednesday to make it up because yeah. he was going out being a Power Ranger. But yeah. oh, I'm a, a quick bow on it. It does make me excited for next year because, like, they got it right with having the the semifinals. But, like, and Washington didn't have a chance. Man, Michigan was too good. But next year in a 12-team playoff, you give a team like Georgia an opportunity. Right. Georgia's running the table and winning the national championship this year. There's no doubt in my mind. They were three P. No, I agree with you. 100%. Yeah. So, it, 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 you know. But that is the stakes it makes me that excited. I, I can make an argument that those stakes being as high as they were for, uh, I mean, you got 13 games. If you lose one, you're out. I mean, those stakes are sure make the regular it. season and conference championship valuable. You don't have those stakes anymore. I get Ole Miss it. as a two loss team would have been in the playoff this year. Right. And I get, I get that. Like the, like yeah. the exclusivity, there is right? a like, little trade off. It's like know? the VIP section, of the club, it's like a black card, right? Like What's it's that a, like, it's, I don't know. <laughs> Look at me, dog. Do you look? Do I look, like, do I look like somebody's getting the VIP section of the club? But like the exclusivity is what makes it great. Right. Next year it opens up a little bit more, but it does give teams like Georgia redemption because they didn't lose until the SEC championship game, right? right? They ran the table to the end, and so a team like that maybe doesn't need to be as, as punished, with, for lack of a better word, right. for losing late to an Alabama team that just had a great right. game. And Alabama's right. always showed and, up in big moments, you know. And honestly, I look forward to the fact that Ole Miss well, this year. They lost to on the road at Alabama and on the road at Georgia. Like I don't feel like Ole Miss should have been punished either, but that's just kind of how it is when you've got a fourteen playoff. Well, next year we got twelve, and so we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah. So if um, you still have your head coach next year. Yeah, that gets us to the biggest news. Uh, John, already, John Morant about, news yeah. is is the biggest news in the NBA and to Grizzlies fans, but to a whole sport. Nick Saban retiring yesterday was undoubtedly, I gasped, you know, I like, I, and my wife was like, he's 72 years old. Why are you surprised? I'm like, I don't know. I just thought he'd be there forever. You know? So my brother has a friend that's a insider at Alabama. My, you know, all, all y'all know my family, unfortunately, they are all Alabama fans. Don't right. hold that against them or me. Rusty's granddaddy played at Alabama, right? That's it. Like, yeah, his email was always Bama56BB, like big Alabama fan. Like, I, I liked Alabama. Like, some of my favorite childhood memories are watching Alabama football games with my granddad while listening to Eli Gold on the radio because the people on TV don't know what they're talking about. That man hated Vern Lundquist and Gary yeah. Daniel with a passion. Oh, it looks kind of like Vern Lundquist. Who? My granddad? Oh, no, I thought you were talking about Eli Gold. <laughs> I was like, you're talking about Jack K? Hang on now. No, Nobody smirches. I, I, never, I never met your granddaddy. R.I.P. R.I.P. Jack K. Witten. But, uh, mm-hmm. but, yeah, so, like, some of my favorite memories. Anyway, Clark has an insider there and was talking about, like, what is coming out. It's kind of trickling out. Is Miss Terry, Coach Saban's wife, is dealing with dementia, and it's not going well. It's, it's progressing kind of rapidly. He refuted that today. I don't know he if you did. saw that or not. He yeah. did, but, like, at the same time, like, at the same know. time, you're 72 years old and your wife, I don't know how old Miss Terry is, but I'm assuming she's around the same age. You know that you you don't want – And here's what – here's You don't want to lose out on your functioning years. Right. And here's what makes me kind of refute what he said today was like just like three days ago he was trying to hire a new defensive coordinator. Two days ago he was yeah. trying to hire a new special teams coordinator. He's still going to stay on board. He's getting an office upstairs. He's right. still calling recruits. He's still going to be intricately yeah. involved in it, which may or may not be a good thing. I, you know, I don't know. Um, but all like 
everything coming out is like he's stepping back for some personal reasons. And so I don't know that he, he probably will never coach again. You know, of course, it's the one year that freaking Mississippi State ain't playing I Alabama. I, I was going to make that point. It's, 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 been, like, it's, been, it's, been, it's been growing. It's so frustrating. It is. It's growing on Mississippi State Twitter. It's called the Jeff Levy effect, right? Like he didn't want to have to play Jeff Levy oh, is what it was. But like it's just a joke, right? But like, yeah. again, I don't know that we'll ever see a college coach with that success never, and never, that command over never. a program in our Too lifetime. Too many variables. In my kids, you yeah. know. I don't know. I'm 36. I may not have kids. You know, we, we'll see how that goes. But like, I don't know what that looks like going forward. But Drew, we're right. never like, we'll never see like Bear Bryant was the previous one. You know, there were some coaches pre like Newt Rockney, those guys. But like right. Nick Saban is our generation's one of one. You know, and it that is is like there was the initial jubilation. I mean, let's be real. And I'm, sure. I'm, I mean, as a fan of a team that formerly competed in the SEC West. Like I can count of at least three times where Ole Miss would have been in Atlanta competing for the SEC championship. If it wasn't for Nick yeah. Saban and that Alabama team, two yeah. of the three times Ole Miss had beaten Alabama. Yeah. It did not get to Atlanta. Right. And right. so it is, that was like, okay, good. We have a yeah. shot. And then I remembered, well, crap, there's not even divisions anymore. Like, <laughs> right. There is no East and West anymore. Ole Miss does not even play Alabama next year. Right. So you're telling me, like, now I want to play them. Right. Now I, it, Ole Miss is at the highest point of its franchise or college or, its, you yeah. know, of its this football is the team ever. This is the, this peak. Is the yep. peak. So I, I, the fact that I don't have to go up against Alabama in the SEC West anymore would have been, like, yeah. Nectar from the God. <laughs> Instead, we don't even play them. Right. Like, so I have a question. Words, man. I know we're going to get to this here in a second, but like if zero is completely calm, I'm going to sleep like a baby, and 10 is threat level midnight, full on panic, how do you rate your, your feeling right now now that Dan Lanning has turned the job down? Yeah. So and, I was going to start from the top. Uh, yeah. As soon as the report came out yesterday, Dan Lanning's name was mentioned. Dan right. Lanning. As it should have been. Was. Obviously, I felt like it was a unanimous first choice for even Alabama fans. As, uh, well, and he was a grad assistant under Saban, yeah. and Saban called him after he'd like after he'd already interviewed with Georgia and was taking the DC job there. Right. So like he has Alabama ties. Right, and so everybody thought that Dan Lanning, and rightfully so, should have been the first call. It's the first call I would have made. Hundred percent. I told you as a Mississippi State fan, call Dan Lanning. What the heck, you know? <laughs> Make him say uh, no. And so. Um, yeah, so my fear at that point was, does Oregon attract Lane Kiffin? Does What does Lane think about Oregon? I know Nike's there. We've talked about Oregon before. It's a sexy uh, job. It yeah, is. when we talked job. about Dan Lanning possibly taking the A&M job. Uh, turns out that was uh, – he had, Dan Lanning had made his decision. It was so funny seeing him talking to uh, – was it McAfee today when he was saying like, yeah. What were you doing yesterday when everybody said you were interviewing in Alabama? And he yeah. said, "Well, I was on the couch with my son watching Bourne, <laughs> the Jason Bourne movies." Like, <laughs> and, uh, and and that video he released today on Twitter was fire. Was we're we're finishers. I mean, sorry. If, if you I were talking about, if you were going to talk about how to Man. twist a coaching rumor into a recruiting pitch, it's yeah. a. I mean, he just wrote the textbook. We're finishers, it's, not quitters. Well, to say lots of people, one quote was, lots of people start things, we finish things. Great oh. quote. The other one was, if you're scared your coach is going to leave, come to Oregon. And I yeah. was like, oh, my God. Mm. If Lane Kiffin said that, That's I'd be bug naked running the streets. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> if you're scared that your coach is going to come to Oregon, like, oh, man. That I was, was just about to say, like, that that line is how you shut down a rumor. And, like, nobody's oh, done it like Dan Lanning. And when he said that, I'm like, book, I'm at the clinic. Like, I'm like, finish it with a cigar. Like, oh. I'm like, tearing my shirt. I like, let's Dan go. <laughs> Dan Lanning. Like, like, he went from, like, here to here in I my mean, book. Right? Absolute like, G. I yeah. mean, to, to, right to say, to open up. Because yeah. Dan Lanning's in Tuscaloosa. Dan Lanning is meeting with Nick Saban and and yeah. uh, whatever their AD's name is. Greg I just linked on Greg Byrne. Uh, and for the first line to be, you know, uh, <laughs> to have a video locked and loaded, ready to go, that said, ready to fire know, thing off. That was in the drafts, yeah. ready to go. <laughs> uh, saying if you're scared, your coach is leaving, come to Oregon. I was like, you got to think Oregon fans everywhere were just like. <sighs> Flex just on him, like man. shooting fireworks, like I oh mean, man, what a what a moment, what a oh video, uh, um, man. They were, they, you so, know, weeds legal out there. They're getting high as a kite, getting fired up yeah. in Oregon. Eugene, it right has there. come out. Uh, I have seen in regards to Lane Kiffin uh, early this morning. Um, the probably the worst quarterback to win a national championship at Alabama, um, Greg McElroy, <laughs> came out and said that Lane to Alabama is not happening. Uh, I have often thought that because whereas it was kind of a sideshow, he was a sideshow when he was the OC under Saban at Alabama, uh, inside that program, they really, he really seemed to burn a lot of bridges and he can, you can resurrect your career elsewhere, but it takes an extra level of resurrection for, to go back to where you burn the bridges. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's never been Alabama that scared me with Lane. It's who Alabama hires wanting Lane. So that puts us where we're at now. You ask yeah. me zero to threat level midnight. I'm at about a 50, 50. Uh, I'm definitely nervous. Uh, uh, and it's, and it totally hinges on who, uh, who he hires. So if you play out the possible suspects that's being let out right now, uh, seems like the highest odds right now is Mike Norvell. Do you think that Lane Kiffin's interested by Florida state? I think Florida, so, the state no. of Florida is, I'm going to get to, yeah, the state of Florida is desirable, but Florida State is in the middle of suing their conference, and, and during this podcast, did you just see this? Yeah, well, it came um, out like right before we started about the sanctions. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it seems that the NCAA, according to Ross Dillinger, is expected to levy unprecedented penalties for NIL-related violations committed by Florida State, including a three-game suspension for an assistant coach and disassociation from its booster collective yeah. and a booster. So that's big. And so big. that puts me at that. Norvell's off the list. Norvell's yeah. off the uh, list. Well, I don't think Norvell's off the list. I think Florida State's off the list for Lane. I don't know that Lane would leave Ole Miss right now for Florida State, given that situation. And I don't think that Alabama's going to call a coach that's in the middle of a, of a scandal like that. Fair. Fair. I don't think All so. Right. So next, Kalen DeBoer. Am I scared Lane goes to Washington? Not particularly. Um, it's not a bad gig. It's not a bad gig, but it's the Pacific Northwest. Joey Freshwater... I have a hard time. Yeah. And keep in mind what he has built here, what he just did this offseason, from yeah. Egg Bowl to now, what he's accomplished at Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, if they've done one thing right, this is not an Ole Miss podcast tonight, but this is the one thing I'm going to say Never about it. Uh, if Ole Miss has done one thing right this offseason, it has been showing Lane that we are with you mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. 
open checkbook. We support Lane Kiffin, and you have the keys to the kingdom yeah. of this athlete. Of the football team, but also the whole freaking athletic budget is at yeah. your disposal. He's not going to get that just coming in anywhere. Right. So I've been poking the bear today, asking you about Lane Kiffin, asking you tonight. Based on the offseason that he's had, the talent he has in Oxford, even though his ego is big enough to fill up Bryant Denny, I don't think he's going to take that Alabama job simply because of the talent they have coming to Oxford. I think what will happen if he's smart, you never want to be the man that follows the man, right? Like that is shout the out, biggest demerit shout to the out, Alabama right, job right now. Right. Shout out Ric Flair. Like, yes, to be the man, you have to beat the man, but you never want to be the man that follows the man. Right? right. And so like you let there be some cannon fodder. Right. So Bear Bryant went to there was a couple coaches. There was Curry. There was a couple coaches there in the 80s before Gene Stallings got there and won a national championship. You never want to be the guy. There's a helicopter coming over right now, shaking this entire old house. I don't I know hear if y'all that. heard that. Holy it. smokes. Yeah. Like my, I'm vibrating in my chair. Um, wow. Anyway, like you never want to be that guy, right? You don't want to be the Bill Curry's of the world. You want to be the no. Gene Stallings, right? And so right. like you give them a hire, you let them have some cannon fodder with, be it, you know, Mike Norvell or Caleb DeBoer, whoever that might be. Then Lane Kiffin goes to Tuscaloosa. But based on the talent he has coming to Oxford, I said this today, if he's smart and Lane Kiffin is, his ego is big, but he's also a smart dude. He stays in Oxford and rides out next year. Take advantage of, of Alabama being down. The possibility of Alabama being down. And go uh, get an SEC championship for the for Ole Miss. Go go see what you can do in a year that Alabama's going to be down. And you don't want that job because you know, like, and this is the problem, like you're getting like thrown in the deep end. Like you're gonna be treading water from day one because you know that an eight and four and a nine and three season gets you fired at Alabama. Right. You go eight see, you go eight and four, nine and three every year at Ole Miss, you're gonna keep your job. But you I, go but you go to Alabama and you win nine games consistently, that ain't good enough because the expectation is now so high. So you want a guy that's going to bring that down right. a little bit, and then I'll shut up. You'll bring that down a little bit, then you go to Tuscaloosa. The only thing I kind of balk at is I believe that 99% of successful coaches in sports <clears throat> have egos. I believe you have to you have, have to. an ego. And you I believe to. that 90% of coaches – believe that given the system because that's what's always won games in Alabama it's the right. system right uh the the infrastructure that before NIL allowed them to get all the players there was a there was a, an underground tunnel system that was yeah. that was a well-oiled machine now NIL has yeah. kind of smoothed it out right but most coaches believe that if I if you have the system there I could be Nick Saban Right. Most of them are wrong, but they believe that. Sure. And so I do believe I, I you are 100% correct. If it were me, I'm not following Nick Saban. However, most coaches, I believe if you put true serum to them, that they would be like, yeah, I could do it. That, yeah. I mean, you 100%. know, that, it ain't just that's me. Uh, un, unlike most programs, you know, I always talk crap about Florida. You know, they're, they're two incredible head coaches away from just being mediocre. bottom dwellers, yeah. be, mediocre. Uh, Alabama has the, they have won a national championship with three different coaches. LSU has won a national championship with their last three coaches. Those two schools, I believe any good coach can win there. Yeah. Now, can you win seven titles in 19 years? Probably not. Six titles in 19 years? No, you can't. Uh, but you, you can be, or 17 years. It just makes it more incredible. Um, but 
there's not a coach out there that don't think they if they can win in Alabama. And I, I mean, believe yeah. if if Lane Kiffin has offered the Alabama job, he will take it. I do yeah. believe that 100. percent I mean, why um, not? There's big money. Obviously, the pockets are deep. There's a ton of funny money in the state of Alabama. You know, Auburn has always been known to get that kind of money. Alabama certainly can. They're going to be buying car washes and snow cone shacks in the hood to, to fund these yeah. kids coming. And, and, and it's just now NIL has made that above above board, right? So now they can do it legally. So I, who I, do you think, if you had to put your money on somebody right now, who do you think the coach at Alabama is? <sighs> you know, I don't know, honestly, because like, Sark ain't leaving Texas. Kirby Smart ain't leaving Georgia. Lane Kiffin ain't leaving Ole Miss. Um, that leaves you with a guy like Caleb DeVore. That's a great, great name that might come up. Mike Caleb. Norvell. Yep. Yeah, that's close enough. Mike well, Norvell may or may not take that job, right? Like, uh, my brother sent in a, in a group chat. Uh, who does he want? He's a diehard bammer. Who does he yeah. want? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know who he wants. I, I We talked about some other stuff. Like, my cousin Clint, God bless him. If you're listening to this podcast, then get your together man anyway uh we talked we we had more important things to deal with tonight around my daddy who's sitting at his house and no groceries but i digress um don't get me started i'm not anyway um you know a guy like that like clark said that there's a there's a there's a flight chartered from athens to tuscaloosa there's all these rumors right no way there's no way i i said the only person that would be interviewing from georgia would be will muschamp now that's a name that's on the list. I mean, that's a name on the list. Dabo Sweeney is another name that's on the list. There's I think, no way. I think Dabo gets that job pre NIL, but Jesus is in oh, NIL, and that ain't gonna work in Tuscaloosa. In Jesus' name, <laughs> image, and likeness. I like. I love. I love that. That's I, great. But that I ain't love gonna the work message in you're preaching. That ain't working in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. That ain't working in the SEC. That might work in Clemson, South Carolina. It ain't working in the SEC. So honestly, like now that these cats have turned it down, I don't know. And what world are we living in? It's the NIL world, but what world are we living in where the Oregon football coach is turning down the Alabama job? I think right? that's a personality trait of his. I think that's something, and I feel like it's something that's honestly refreshing about this industry and coaching this yeah. industry where where Today, you will say now. anything to get a player on campus, but then you will leave. Yeah. Like He is holding himself a I hope this is what he's doing. I hope that he's saying, I've got to practice what I'm preaching. And yeah. if so, man... He is my second favorite football coach, and there's not I was a close thing. Just like, about to say, you know, Nick Saban is infamous for saying, "I am not leaving the Miami Dolphins," only to get on a plane the next right. day, and go to go to like. You know, Tommy Tupperville was gonna, you were gonna have to carry him out of Oxford in a pine box. I mean, I, I, again, I, don't hold this against me, faithful yeah. listeners. I got smart, went to Mississippi State, but Dennis Franchoni that said, "We're all pulling on the road. We're pulling the same direction," yeah. and then got on a plane after that speech to College Station, and went to A and M. Like there are a ton of smoke screens out there. Right. Like Drew, like it could be of agents. Like, yeah, that's it. It's agent speak. It's coach speak. Like a lot of coaches are going to use this job like to get more money. Maybe Dan Lanning or Lane Kiffin might pull Let me some. Tell more you money, something. Right? There is no richer man in the world right now than Jimmy Sexton. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Man. That's it. Um, I, honestly, I don't know. I like, I don't know. There's so many names still floating out there. You know, um, I you I know, think they, the only home run hire for them, uh, is one of two or three people. I believe if it's a home run. If you get, um, Mike Norvell, I think so, it's a home run. If you get Sark and I think it's a home run. <laughs> if you lay, let water under the bridge and hire Lane. So I don't know if you saw this, but they closed the betting books last night 
on the Alabama head coaching position. They reopened them about four hours ago when Dan Lanning and all that stuff kind of came out. They kind of reopened them a little bit, but they had shut it down I because not this. I don't know that Nick Saban leaves that job without handpicking his successor. And maybe That's it was Dan Lanning and maybe he got, got the wool pulled over him and Saban yeah. like didn't get his man. But right now on FanDuel, Sorry, Aaron Timbier, and this is from FanDuel, not uh, not DraftKings, but Fan FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Well, this is as of three hours ago. Your leading candidates odds are plus two hundred for Mike Norvell, plus three hundred for Dabo, Kalen DeBoer is also plus three hundred, Lane Kiffin is plus six, D'Amico Ryan's, and I think mm-hmm. honestly, I, if if the Texans didn't make the playoffs. D'Amico has a better shot. He's a know, favorite man. son. He's going to be like coach alumni. of the year. NFL. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, I'm saying if they didn't make the playoffs, D'Amico is a favorite son. Yeah. I went to his football camp at Northeast there in Louisville, Mississippi. Just a great, great guy. And then Lane, and then James Franklin is at plus 4,000. So, like, it goes way up yeah. from there. But your leading candidates are Norvell, Dabo, Kalen DeBoer, Lane Kiffin, and D'Amico Rines. It's probably going to be one of those dudes – I don't think it's going to be Dabo. I don't think it's going to be Lane Kiffin. So that leaves you with D'Amico, who I also don't think it's going to be. Then it's going to come down to Kalen DeBoer and Mike Norvell. Yeah, and I think either one of those would be a hit. They'd be I a great hire. If they tried to hire Dabo, they would have a big Greg Schiano Tennessee situation on their hands. And uh, you, we all know how that turned out just to be an absolute crap show. You know, two levels that only Tennessee can take a crap show. So, yeah, I mean, that's where Alabama is right now. We're recording this podcast at almost 8 o'clock Thursday, January 11th. Uh, Undoubtedly, as soon as we stop recording, news will break. I saw where somebody, uh, somebody within the Alabama beat or some journalist that covers it said that Alabama was hoping to have this hire done by this weekend. So it's very likely that by the time you hear this podcast, an announcement has been made. But right here, January 11th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, God's time zone, uh, that's our thoughts on it. Um, I think there's three or four guys that could be an absolute hit there. Uh, Dabo is not one of them. You talk, Greg Schiano levels meltdown. 100%. It's, you know, you think so, of it's 8 yeah. o'clock. In the in in the God's times on here in the Central Zone, I realized I ain't ate supper yet, so yeah. I had to step back in a snack. I'm sitting here hungry. Anyway, you tell me you just walked away from this podcast to get a bite to eat because you can't wait 20 minutes. I got a granola bar, dude. I'm starving, man. I ain't ate since oh lunchtime, goodness. and I, even at lunchtime, I was busy today. I had a pack of tuna and some peanuts. That's all I had oh for my eating. Goodness, you're poor. I'm fat. Nobody <laughs> got to eat. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Uh, Continue. Bucks beef, Bucks beef. If you eat shrink wrap fish on a regular basis or fish out of a can <laughs> on a regular basis, then you have no, you, you have no responsibility uh, to your life at all. Like my lunch today was, was two packs of the ranch flavored tuna and a handful of peanuts. Cause all oh, I had time for it. I've been vision a one-armed bricklayer today. Yeah. You've said that on this podcast, like five weeks running, you're going to have to come up with something different. I, I said, that's like the second time I've said it. No, you said it like two times last week. <laughs> what? Anyways, uh, but if you if you eat fish, which is n- it's known for spoiling quickly, and if you eat it out of a vacuum sealed bag, then you deserve whatever health effects come with it. I just want to point out the dedication of this podcast oh, that I and, walked home and from And you work. can't eat it if you're pregnant because it's high in mercury, which is poisonous. <laughs> Listen, I don't care about no mercury. I ain't, I ain't mercury talking no baby over here. Fish meat out of a vacuum sealed bag that's good for years. Look, like, I. 
I may look like I'm toting a baby over here, but I ain't. And so I want my listeners, our listeners to know that I am, I am powering through. I'll walk straight on from work and hopped on this podcast. I could be here. Oh my goodness. You're acting like a, a 1940s, you know, parent, you know, I walked to school uphill both ways. Like (laughs) I choose to walk to work. Yeah. This is like, this is, this is six minute walk. walk. It's what you said to me. Oh, six minutes. I digress. That (laughs) is exercise. This is a two minutes. It's a lot. This is a Jordan flu game type performance. I'm hungry. I've had a rough week, uh, three weeks, and I'm here with our listeners. Let's go. Next topic. Uh, uh, let's celebrate Rusty for having a job. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next topic. Uh, the next, uh, the next departure in co- in coaches uh, was far less surprising, and it was a departure for a different reason. But uh, six-time Super Bowl winning head coach Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Uh, believe the wording was mutually agreed to part ways, which means is it ever uh, mutual though? Let's uh, let's be nice about this divorce, right. you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, and so uh, yeah, Belichick, who never really figured things out post Tom Brady, uh, is asked <laughs> he's he's asked to leave politely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like he will be a head coach again in the National Football League this season, this coming up season. Yep. So um, shock. Were you shocked about that? Were you, <sighs> no, were you? honestly, no. This has been in the works for a couple of seasons now. You know, <laughs> Mac Jones being your quarterback doesn't help. Uh, like, I'm not shocked, man. I'm not. Football's passing guys like Bill Belichick by. Very, very right. old school. You know, shout out Braves. We'll talk about him in a minute. I got a lot of things to say about the, about my Tennessee Titans. But football's passing Belichick by. He's not an analytics guy. He's, you know, uh, feel of the game right you know, yeah. great great interview today when he popped up on that on his uh his uh press conference and said and been this many cameras here since we assigned Tim tebow which was hilarious <laughs> especially yeah. from him yeah. but no, i'm not shocked man it's like football is moving the direction of analytics i was talking about this today with a couple people like almost to a fault right like the the Braves. The, the the Belichicks of the world, the Nick Sabans are getting kind of left in the Stone Age. We're going more of the Sean McVay, Lane Kiffin, Kyle Shanahan, analytics-type football. That's where we're heading, and Belichick it just couldn't keep up with that. And so, well, you know, and Belichick like, was another always, GOAT coach, another GOAT yeah. coach, oh, a great winner. You know, the it's two weak. best coaches of co- – yeah. the best college coach and the best NFL coach of all time. I mean, it is. And, like, there's been so many videos of the two of them together in Cleveland. And, like, right. these guys came up cutting their teeth together. And so it's only fitting that they go out at the same time. But, yeah. I've got, I, a lot uh, of fans, I've got a lot of listeners that are in Boston that are big Pats fans. We're sorry about y'all's loss. But, like, football's passing him by. And, you know, passing him uh, by. And, yeah. and, and there's there's plenty of young, younging up-and-comers that will be your next head coach. You know, <laughs> that's, uh, it's a real changing of the guard. Uh, Belichick was always great at one thing. And it was putting a team around Tom Brady. And he yeah. it was a great defensive mind. Like, Belichick deserves every single bit of credit he's gotten. And I, and I hope – that history doesn't look back on him as being a Brady product, a, a, a product of Tom Brady, uh, right. because Tom Brady did go and win a Super Bowl with Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay, and uh, B- Bill Belichick has not done yeah. anything. Um, but what this tale, it's a tale as old as time, and it's more important now than ever, is it don't matter if it's college or pros, if you don't have a quarterback, then you're not going to win. And it's the one area that, that Bill has not been able to to find a role, a, a quarterback that can play that role right. for him. And you right. can't ask anybody to be Tom Brady, but he hasn't found anybody that can 
complete a forward pass either. Right. Uh, he was so good at finding uh, these late round guys, uh, diamonds in the rough. Your Wes Welkers, your Danny Amendola's, your um, uh, what's the the best one of the three wide receivers that I'm Wes Welker. Uh, no, um, Amendola. Oh, uh, Julian uh, Edelman. Julian Edelman, Gronk, like all these guys, uh, the defensive players that right. it's kind of the the uh, Miami Heat thing. You know, a report yeah, came out culture. the other day that said, you know, nobody wants anybody that the Heat are willing to let go of because right. they are a product of right. Heat culture. It was the same thing with the Spurs. Hey, you know? real quick sidebar, yeah. and I know this is completely derailing us, but did you see what the Miami Heat did for Eric Spolstra? Have you yes. seen that on Twitter? He's just a, a total bro move. They <laughs> waited until his divorce was final to then give him the $120 million extension. Yeah, so give shout out Miami Heat. Million dollars a Let's year. go. Yeah. Pat yeah. Riley, shout out. <laughs> yeah. Pat Riley, I'm sure, has been through a, a, a few divorce attorney proceedings. I can, I can appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and so you, he's done great at, at running a system that allows players to thrive in it. Uh, but it doesn't even – that doesn't even matter. You think two years ago they had the best defense of football. Yeah. And they, I don't know if they barely made the playoffs or missed it altogether. Uh, but if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a good football team. And, and again, uh, that parlays right into our next topic. Yeah. Tennessee Titans letting Mike Vrabel go. You know, I got a lot of thoughts about that. Personally, I love Rabes. He's one of the boys, you know, been on bus with the boys. One of their best episodes when Rabes was on there talking with Taylor Lewan and Will Compton. That's the one where he said listener. he would cut his nuts off. If he, yeah, 100%. Want to <laughs> win the Super Bowl? 100%. Um, listen, that one and the Julian Edelman episode are two of my favorite podcasts of all time. Anyway, I digress. Um, letting Vrabes go is – I've got bitter – I'm mixed emotions. It's bittersweet. I am a fan of Mike Vrabel. He's a dude. He's a football guy. Great football coach. Great motivator. Listen, we've had one of the worst offensive lines in football for the last three or four years running, and Derrick Henry still led the league in rushing over the last two years. Quarterback questions, right? Tannehill was downhill. Awful. Like, awful. Manet's boy ain't it. Like, he's shown signs of greatness. He's also As, shown exactly what If only exactly there were signs. Right. If he's, only there were signs that he was neurotic. <laughs> right, it makes terrible like he makes terrible decisions. Like he eats if bananas. Only he with- ate mayonnaise in his coffee. You would have known he was an idiot. <laughs> and he eats bananas with the peels on, man. Like he doesn't even peel a banana. Who does that? Like, like if only there were signs. <laughs> right, and like he can't read a defense. He's the same dude he was at Kentucky. He trusts his arm, but he ain't Brett Favre, right? Like I saw a funny meme the other day. It was like you like I would hate to be the first guy to eat a banana. I'd rather be the second guy that eats a banana. Right? It's it's like the uh, the whole. Uh, how did you know that milk came out of there? You know? <laughs> yeah, 100%. What um, were you doing to that cow? <laughs> right. I love rapes. I hated to see him go, right? We've been – like, we've been one of the – like, <laughs> it's funny how, like, my professional sports teams, like the Grizz and the Titans, are bit by the injury bug left and right yeah. and just can't stay healthy, can't put a team out there. So it wasn't all of Rabe's fault. Rabe's kind of did himself dirty when he was inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame. A lot of rumors are circulating. That was when he kind of, like – I kind of rubbed himself wrong with the ownership of the Titans and Amy, the the owner of the Titans, where he said, like, I hope to be the Patriots coach one day. Like, there were some things oh, that were said. That, yeah. yeah, that was last year. And, like, I don't know how much that played into it, but there were some rumors that it did. Either way, football's passing in office. Right. Uh, There's been turnover. Him and him and the GM were not jiving. There was a lot of things Rand going Carthen. on there. Rand Carthen was very much an analytics guy. Raves is very much a feel, old-school football guy. Regardless, it felt to me that Braves wanted to be Bill Belichick, and uh, the report came out when they decided to part ways that that because of 
probably partly because he didn't trust Rand Carthon and his right. uh, the way he ran things. He wanted more of a say in personnel, kind of right. the way that Bill Belichick had, sure, uh, you know, full control of that team. And clearly, he had had it because they, because he said AJ Brown is a Titan today and will be a Titan forever. And uh, I would have like, left. I'd have left Tennessee right then. <laughs> two days later, he gets traded and he storms out of the draft room. But if if I'm Braves, I don't take that Patriots job. I wait for Ryan Day to get canned at Ohio State and I go coach there. But no, anyway. I, I I mean I would hope that they would uh. Braves is hope. Braves, Braves probably knew that Belichick was gone. Sure, and and so he, he was, he'll probably take that job. But like if I'm him, I'm waiting on Ohio State. BB, what's up, bud? If you're watching on YouTube, one of our favorite listeners there, Braxton's checking in. What's up, buddy? Love those PJs, man. Hey, what's up? What's up? There he is. What's up, buddy? Um, there's a lot of names that are popping up for the Titans. Uh, <laughs> Titans next head coach, right? They've requested permission to speak to the Cincinnati Bengals OC and Brian Callahan. Uh, Detroit Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, also their offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, which is a name that's popping up a lot. That's a very popular name for a lot of jobs is Ben Johnson from Detroit. Uh, New York Giants OC Mike Kafka, DC from Baltimore Mike McDonald. One I'm excited about is the Raiders interim coach Antonio Pierce. Man, I'd love for him to be a Titan. Surely they're going to have him locked up, right? But this is the Raiders, right? Like we yeah, don't know Mark what Davis is an idiot. He's an idiot. So like, if I'm the Raiders, he ain't speaking to nobody. He's right. getting a fat. He's got extension. a three-year contract or whatever. But we've we've clearly reached out and gotten permission to speak to him. So and then also, um, it came out today that we reached out to the Houston Texans OC as well. But Slovic or Slovic, Slovic he's a, yeah. yeah, he's a big name that's coming up as well. He'll have and, a head coaching job. This yeah, hundred somewhere. So in the NFL, you can't conduct in-person interviews until after the divisional rounds are over. So from now until January 22nd, all interviews are going to be virtual. And we only know – you know you can only do so much with a virtual energy interview. So we're going to meet with these guys. These are some names that are coming up. Dan Quinn is another. Get to know you kind of thing. I hope that's yeah. not it. Then we'll bring those cats to Tennessee, and that's when you'll know who the serious candidates are. They're, they're, you're casting a wide net to see what interest is out there, right? Then come January 23rd, the people who come to Nashville for those interviews, that's who your serious candidates are. And I yes, hope it, so. I hope it's Ben Johnson from uh, Detroit. I like that hire. I like the OC from from Houston. They're very innovative. I like Aaron Glenn too. That's not a bad yeah. Aaron Glenn uh, from Detroit from is Detroit. not a bad one. I think though, like what we're seeing, and, and this is my last point, and I'll shut up, let you talk for a minute. But like the way the NFL is going, the way football is going. It's right now. It's more of an offensive analyst, an offensive mind game. The guys who are having success are those offensive analytic guys. You know, you've got, um, you know, Sirianni. You've got uh, Kyle Shanahan is some of the top seeds in the NFC. You've got guys, you know, Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh can make a case that a defensive guy can still win because they're the number one seed right. in the AFC. But the direction of football is more of those offensive minds. And you got to be careful. You don't want to go too left, or you end up with a uh, a Brian um, Kelly. No. <laughs> um, um, the guy from the Chargers. Oh, uh, Staley. Uh, yeah, Brandon, Brandon Staley. Staley. Or, or you go too far left and you get a Mike McDaniel who can't win the big game, but he's gonna be a great interview. <laughs> uh, no, I, give me Mike McDaniel every time. Talking I'm about sure. injury problems, that sure. Miami team's had him. Yeah, but anyway, um, I, last thing, like I think it's gonna be an offensive coach. I think that's the direction that we're heading. Um, you know, Rand and Amy are pointing us in more of an analytic direction. That's what he came from in San Francisco, and so I think that's the direction we're gonna go. But we're casting a wide re- a wide net right now to see who'd be interested. Yeah, and I think that's all you can do. Uh, who, especially until January twenty third. Yeah. So uh, NFL playoffs do start this week. We're not going to dissect NFL playoffs or whatever. I'm just going to say quickly, uh, it is probably the best weekend of sports for me 
the way that the NFL does it, uh, where they stagger all their games. There's never two games on at the same time. College you've football got, take a lesson. <laughs> yeah, you've got six games played over three days, uh, two games a day, or uh, two games one day, three games on Sunday, one game Monday night. I mean, it's just wall to wall, and they're all. I mean, even yeah. my most intriguing game of the playoffs is probably Browns Texans. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to be. Shout out Joe Flacco. Yeah. The ageless my man, one, one of my favorite Rebels of all time, Laramie Tunzel, finally gets to the playoffs. Uh, the be- One of the best left tackles in football for the last. Yeah. I mean, I mean heck, it's nine years now, I guess. Uh, you know, shout out Victor Barber. He's the one that lines me up, cuts my hair here in uh, Martin, Tennessee. Now, big Love it so yeah. much that he put a hat on tonight for the podcast. Well, I always wear a hat. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> and I always wear a hat on this podcast. It's always backwards. I don't know if y'all noticed that or not, but it's a thing. There's like two episodes where I didn't wear one. But anyway, I digress. Big Rams fan. They, you know, they snuck in the playoffs, but they're healthy. And that's a game. That, that And I was just about to say, that Rams-Lions game is going to be fun freaking football, man. Yeah. You're talking about the Lions trade Matt Stafford to L.A., and then Stafford goes and wins the Super Bowl, and they are so happy for Matt Stafford. Yeah. And yeah. then Matt Stafford's going to bring the, back to Detroit. the Rams yeah. to Detroit for the – Detroit to win the division for the first time since 92, 93, <clears throat> something like that. Since Barry the, Sanders, the, the first time uh, they've ever won yeah. the NFC North because the NFC yeah. North wasn't a thing then. <laughs> That's right. And, and so Matt Stafford could be their undoing. Like, Oh, yeah. it, it's poetry. Like, I mean, it is. And like, I'm, I'm rooting crazy. so hard for the Detroit Lions. I same. I, I love Aiden Hutchinson. I love that team. Like they just like, I'm Ron St. Brown. Like they just got some dudes and, um, I, there's some great matchups. You know, we've got a, a rematch of one of the most controversial playoff games in NFL history with the Cowboys and the Packers. Again, the, the Browns and the Texans. Like, there's some good matchups. I, I'm fired up, man. The the Steelers snuck in. Um, I know we got some Steelers fans listening to this podcast. They snuck in the playoffs. They got the Bills, who they could very easily beat. And this feels like it could be like mm-hmm. a, maybe a Steelers run with Mike Tomlin. And who yeah. knows what they're going to do. Mason Rudolph going to take them in to the promised land. But it feels like Baltimore is going to win the AFC. I'm sure Baltimore we'll get into this more. I mean, if it goes chalk, it's Baltimore, San Francisco. San Francisco and, which would be a, a whale of a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like that would have been the repeat of the uh, the blackout, blackout Super Bowl. Yeah, when Bane got up there for the Batman <laughs> villain and cut the lights off. Yeah. Uh, I worked at uh, in college. I worked for a company called Entergy. Entergy is a uh, for the people in the tri-state Tennessee Valley area. TVA, the power generator, the power supplier. Uh, down south, that company is called Entergy. A little different, same concept. Uh, Entergy is headquartered in New Orleans, Louisiana. And their headquarters building is right beside the Superdome, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And uh, they're like a title sponsor, name on the wall. I mean, big deal in New Orleans, Entergy is. And for the power to go out while that Super Bowl is going on, and I'm working. I I come to Entergy, I guess, the next year. And they're still talking about, like, the amount of meetings that were had because of the Superdome on Super Bowl Sunday going out of power is like, Head, yeah, sure. So, uh, but yeah, so, um, that's what I've got. That's what you is that what you've got? Anything you want to add to this week's Listen, podcast? Listen, if y'all stuck around to this part, shout out to our faithful OG fans for sticking around. If you stuck podcast. around to this part, uh, I just want to say you're welcome because this was an incredible <laughs> podcast. <laughs> great podcast, man. great so, podcast. Buck well, gets his back. Yeah. Uncle Buck never left. Like, what a great show. 
Drew, thank you, man. I appreciate you being here for me this weekend and through this podcast, man. I, I really I just I, listen, our listeners, I, I don't do this much. I give him grief all the time, but get yourself don't a Drew you Gannon. Get your, all I'm going to say is get yourself a Drew Gannon in yeah. your life. Somebody that, that doesn't let you I sit by bought. yourself. That Yeah, and he's clearly looking for a new co-host <laughs> and a new friend here. We talked about that pre, pre-podcast, but um, get yourself a Drew Gann for real in your life, man. Good people like Drew. Um, Drew, tell them where they can find us, and let's wrap this thing up. Yeah, appreciate you, Rusty. Uh, everybody, you can find us at Instagram, on Twitter, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, the number two Buck Sports Podcast on all of us. Get on YouTube, watch us live if you'd like to. Reminder, why <laughs> we, we, we have not... Uh, the news is still coming. Nothing has hit the bricks. Uh, we still have some huge news coming down the pike. Have some meetings about it starting next week. Uh, if you want a t-shirt, reach out to our socials, slide in our DMs. Um, there's more than one reason you could slide in our DMs. Well, I think Rusty is totally available for any kind of DM slide. Yeah, be careful on Drew's. Mine are fairly open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so uh, uh, slide into the number two Bucks Sports Podcast DMs if you want a shirt. We'll try to get that ball rolling on those uh but until next week rusty play our music we gone enjoy it buddy see y'all next week thanks for coming out guys and being a faithful listener see y'all soon